Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to POTS podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and nice people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brooke, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries, where we get to know someone in the POTS community and hear their story. So today we are speaking with a mother-daughter team that I admire very much, Emily and Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having yeah. us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let's start with some basics. Emily, can I start by asking you, what is your age and where do you live? Okay. I am Emily and I am 17 years old and I live in Lockport, New York. And Emily again, what are a few words that you think your family or friends would use to describe you? I would think tired, (laughs) but also I try to have fun. So Fun. I think I'm very creative as well. So, Stacy, mom, I was going to ask what you would add to that. Well, I think she's she is absolutely right. She's tired quite often, but <laughs> but she's funny and she's um, she's definitely creative and she's a caring heart and she's quiet. She's not like me. She's more. Um, like a quiet uh, laid back but like it more um her teachers would say that she's introverted but she's not really introverted at home but she's definitely quieter than the rest of us more sensitive spirit so stacy can i follow up and say what was emily like as a little kid very sensitive (laughs) she um had a lot of like sensory processing things that she didn't like strong smells, itchy clothes, temperature changes, um, loud noises. If we went to like a restaurant that was too loud and she was a baby, we'd have to leave. She hated the smell in public restrooms, tags on her clothes, but very loving, very quiet. The teacher's favorite, a perfectionist right from the beginning, wanted to you know, do well, get good grades, um, strive to be the best in everything and sports and dance, everything. So Emily, can you tell me about your favorite activities or hobbies as a kid or up until POTS became a factor? Okay. So my favorite activities were always dancing and drawing. And since I've had pot, like I have POTS now, it's not as much dancing. I still like admire it, but I can't really do it anymore. But I still really love to draw. And now I've been like, I have dogs now that are my own. So I play with my puppies a lot and I like to draw them and hang out with them all the time. So. Oh, how lucky. Now, I know that dancing was a really big deal in your life and athletics in general, right? Is it too painful to talk about that? I can talk about it. (laughs) So I started dancing when I was about two years old. And I started point when I was like nine. 
and I would dance about 20 hours a week all the time and think about it all the time and I loved school and in ninth grade I started swim and track so I was running and swimming a lot and I was very tired from that but now that I have pots I realize that I get super exhausted from little things now which is crazy to me because that was never a thing before. Did I hear at one point that you were nominated as like literally the most athletic person at your high school? Yeah, I went to a private school, but yeah, so I was nominated like two years, in, two a years in a row most the athletic. most athletic in my like gym class. So for the for the school for her grade, yeah, the year before the pots. Yeah. Diagnosis. Yeah. So I've heard you talk a little bit in the past, because I know you a little bit, about some of the things that were going on in your dance career. Stacy, do you mind, you know, be a proud mom for like just a second. And if we say, please brag to us a little. Well, she, um, she did dance about 25 hours a week um, as far as like her regular classes. But then she also was in the Nutcracker. She had lead roles. She was Clara in the Nutcracker, the um, role that all little girls dream of. And then when she got older, she was lead flower, lead snow. She had the solo in the Spanish. She was the doll. <laughs> and those were all like the, the roles that every dancer wanted. And then she actually went to the YEGP which is the top competition for ballet dancers. And she danced on point and she was dancing year after year, having what we thought was a sprained ankle injury that kept reoccurring, but it turned out she had an extra bone in her foot. And so the tendon was rubbing on that bone causing a cyst. And then when they discovered it with an MRI, um, she ended up getting ankle surgery, and that's when everything changed. That's when the whole POTS thing happened. And now um, her whole life has been turned around and upside down, and that's how we met you. <laughs> so, Emily, after that surgery, what was your first sign that something was wrong? So I had the surgery and I was on crutches for a while. So I was laying down a lot and I lost a lot of muscle. And once I got the boot cast off, it was like a couple weeks after I got off, I went to go get water and I got really dizzy and I tried to like push through it and I just fainted and cut my neck open. And ever since like that happened, I realized like I've been, I can't even like get up. I just black out. And I'd faint, so it was very, it's very bad. And when she tried to dance, and they lean, I don't know all the terminology because I'm not a dancer, but when they leaned back, for her, everything would go black. And then when she would be so dizzy, she'd try to recover, and she wouldn't get the next combination. And then it just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah. To the point where she just can no longer dance. And so at that point, what did you think was going on? How long did it take to figure out that this was POTS? Was that an easy process or was that its own ordeal? Um, It took about 
maybe five or six months. So it's, well, it was because of me. Because yeah, <laughs> hound dog. Honestly, yeah, uh, because I um, have taken anatomy classes in school and I'm in college still, and I research things. I wanted to find out what is going on with my daughter. So I knew that she had POTS before the professionals were able to tell me. So when we go to the pediatrician, they would say, oh, well, she's just a fainting girl, like the girls that wear the corsets. And They're like, she's so delicate. She's just a deli- yeah. delicate person, pretty, yeah. wears corset. Like yeah. They were saying like that's what... People in the old days would wear corsets and faint, and I don't even wear corsets. And so, um, so then we finally got a referral to, and this is all during COVID in the pandemic, so it made it more difficult and longer to get in and harder to see an actual person. And so finally we were able to get in to see a neurologist. Unfortunately, he seemed to like poo-poo the idea he was said, the way, what I mean by that is, well, maybe it's, I think it might be migraine. I think it might be um, an inner, ear, inner ear crystals. And so then he said, well, we'll get an orthostatic blood pressure. But unfortunately, the person that took the blood pressure didn't know how to do an orthostatic blood pressure. But luckily, <laughs> my daughter was in school for health technician, Emily, and said, Mom, she didn't do the orthostatic yeah. blood pressure correctly. So we were waiting for the doctor to come back in, and he didn't come back in. So after an, about an hour, I um, walked out of the room looking for somebody, and I saw him, and I said, I'm sorry, excuse me. And he goes, oh, didn't they take her blood pressure? And I said, yeah, but I thought maybe you were coming back in to talk to us, but can I talk to you? And he said that, yes. And I said, she didn't do the orthostatic blood pressure correctly. I'm sorry, but she didn't. And he said he'd send somebody else in. And so when the nurse came in, she had a little bit of an attitude. She said, I'm washing my hands. I'm doing everything right. <laughs> and I said, listen, you know, my daughter's really sick. I've been trying to get this appointment for a long time. I'm not trying to be, you know, a jerk. I know this is Children's Hospital neuro Neurology Department. This is important that this is done correctly. And so she did it and she said, oh, yeah, she has it. So then I said, well, are we going to see the doctor again? And he said, she said, oh, yeah. So then he came in and he said, yeah, but I still think it's migraine. <laughs> and he put her on a medication and she ended up getting severe OCD from the medication. And so during the follow-up, I told him that. He said, fine, take it, don't take it, whatever you want. <laughs> so then I was able, through my research, to find <laughs> Dr. Blitzen. And she was. we were able to talk. And then, um, long story short, I haven't given up. I'm still taking her to people all the time. So she did get a tilt table test. And it, it was positive. It was confirmed positive. Within 10 minutes, she passed out. Just not giving up. Just keep pushing. Pushing. And now she goes for IV fluids once a week. We're doing a lot of other testing. And and um, she 
it's interesting now because she's full-time online school and she does it in the evening because she wasn't able to handle, because she's chronically fatigued, wasn't able to handle carrying a backpack, walking upstairs, all of those things that go along with the normal every day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the people like you have become her friends. Well, I so admire how you don't give up and how you have fought for all the progress that you have made. And I don't know a single POTS patient who is diagnosed faster than you. So I say, wow, go mom. <laughs> I say I'm a bulldog, you know, I, I'm sorry, but this is my child, my daughter, <laughs> and I'm not going to rest. And that I refuse to believe that this is how a normal person is. This is how she's going to be. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to, I'm not going to rest. That's, that's what moms do. We don't give up. We changed everything, her diet, everything. One thing recently that's really helped her a lot is I bought her a little tiny puppy and it's only one pound. And I could lift <laughs> So she can up. pick him up because she can't pick up anything heavier than 10 pounds without wanting, feeling like she's going to faint. Oh my God, I love you guys so much. That is awesome. <laughs> and it's the little, it's the cutest little thing. Teacup and, Yorkie. And um, that has really helped her to get out of her um, depression mm -hmm. because she was really, really in a dark place. I did the same thing. I was so depressed that I needed a puppy because for whatever reason, a, a, I, think, I think puppies have hijacked all of my maternal instinct. <laughs> Do you mind talking about some of the other things you've done? Because I think you've done dozens of things, right? Trying to see what helps. Do you mind sharing some of them? Yeah, so I've been gluten-free for like six months probably. And probably longer. Yeah, maybe longer. Uh, well, you would know, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's been a month, many months yeah. now. Mm -hmm. And I just started probably a month ago dairy-free as well. So I haven't been eating mm -hmm. any dairy. So very healthy, strict diet. Not a lot of sugar, and I've been trying to eat more meat, and so I get high protein, so that should help. <laughs> well, and I know this is kind of off topic again, but she had an anaphylactic reaction in November, and we called an ambulance, and because of COVID, I couldn't go in the ambulance, so I had to follow behind, and then they stopped me and made me do all the paperwork, et cetera, and she blew up. When I went back there, she couldn't breathe. She thought she was dying. Her throat was closing up. The nurse said, well, I put the IV in. And I said, but you didn't give her the medication. And then with my um, frantic behavior, we were able to get a team in, and they were able to give her the medication since her throat was closing up. So she got the epinephrine. And I brought her to an allergist, and she was tested for nuts and everything like that. And I called and I talked to the office person and she said, oh yeah, she's not allergic to nuts. Well, this is why I want parents to get all the blood work themselves 
because when I asked for her blood work to take to another doctor, I thought I'm going to look through this. And sure enough, she's allergic to peanuts and she's allergic to hazelnuts. So yeah, that's just so everybody knows (laughs) we need to be proactive and we need to get all of their blood work and keep a copy for ourselves and keep a folder together so that we can have everything lined up. And they like to to keep whatever you bring. I found that out too. And I tend to be too nice when I let people look at it. They latch onto it and keep it. (laughs) So just ask them if they can just make a copy. Yeah. These are all things I've learned. (laughs) Yeah, this is helpful. And I hear a lot of patient stories about things where they have to make sure to double check things and to advocate for themselves. And I get it. Hospitals and doctor's offices are very busy places. But I think the research bears out that medical error is a big problem and that we all should be just double checking everything to make sure. I think that's such valuable advice that I just want everyone to just take a second, let that sink into your brain. Prior to COVID, we would all, you'd always see the doctor to get the results. Yeah. And they they would never have the office people giving you results over the phone, but they don't, they apparently shouldn't scroll down far enough on the computer I think we need to go back to basics and really have another appointment to go over the results too. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder, you're making me think that maybe because POTS patients tend to be very complex patients, if we need to double check everything even more than the average patient. Great. I agree. Completely. Because POTS can come with a variety of different issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we found out through um, the blood work that I picked up that she had a vitamin B12 deficiency. So when she went and got IV fluids, they were able to, you know, put vitamin B12 right into the fluids. And, and she just had that done yesterday and you could see she's It does help. (laughs) Actually, it does help me feel less tired. (laughs) I'm so tired, but I also, I also, um, because I'm leaving no stone unturned here. She goes to an Ayurvedic doctor also with Indian medicine, and she's able to get a really light massage. It's with sesame oil. So it's not a deep tissue massage, which she used to have before as a dancer. Yeah. And, um, it's a lot less stressful and they, they push all the blood upwards, so to your heart, which is good. <laughs> so I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So I just have it done on my back and my arms. So. And she did your head too the other day. Yeah, my mm-hmm. head. Yeah. And she did have the test for the hearing crystals just to confirm everything, and that was normal. She does not have a hearing problem. We made sure Crystal that we are, we've ticked off all the boxes. She had a a brain MRI, normal. She had the hearing crystals, normal. So I think it's important that you ask for these things because you just want to make sure that it's not other factors, you know, a brain tumor or something that's causing these symptoms. So just 
to make sure that people have a clear view of where you're at right now. So you used to be the top athlete in your area. Now you had to get a one pound dog because you can't lift up something heavier. Where are you at in terms of how long can you walk for? Um, I've been working hard at that, trying to push myself. Not too hard because I don't, because I get so fatigued that I can like, if I push myself too hard, I'll sleep for like five or six hours during the day. <laughs> so I can walk like probably 10 minutes, which is really good compared to how it was. But I cannot stand very long at all. I can walk and, farther than I can stand. Yeah. And she goes to physical therapy twice a week and she's been going for months. And what's great about that's the thing. Sometimes you got to change physical therapists. You have to find the right fit for you. And we've done that. And we found um, a gentleman in a, in a young lady that they do everything one-on-one. So they're right there. If she's going to faint, they have a little chair for her. Some days she has to do everything laying down. She's not able to do anything standing and they're very understanding and they know what's going on. Yeah. I've been to other mm-hmm. physical therapists where there's there's a lot of them, but there's also a lot of people in the same room, which is also bad because of COVID. But they don't really pay attention to you, which it can be really bad because if you are having a fainting spell and you faint, you want someone to be there and make sure that you're okay mm-hmm. and that you're feeling okay during the exercises. So. And I, I mean, I think... You know, you always say you don't want to change horses during the race, but you have to put a team together that you feel comfortable with, your child feels comfortable with, and that's what it's all about. You have to have a team that really cares about you as an individual. You're not just a number. Yeah. And if you're not getting the results that you need, then you keep looking. And we... I just decided that I have to advocate for her and I'm not going to, you know, if she likes somebody, good, they're on the team. If this isn't working out, we'll find a different person. So can I ask a related question when it comes to support from family and friends, what's the best type of help or support that they can give you right now? Well, if you have a friend that, under, you have to make sure they understand what's wrong with you because you can't do the things that you used to with them. And you can't, like, go for walks or, like, I've never been to a party. I can't go to a party or I can't swim for very long or something like that. So they need to understand what is wrong and they need to be supportive. And if they're not supportive, then they shouldn't be your friend. <laughs> Same thing with family. Yeah. And for a long time since this happened, Emily didn't want a wheelchair. She just, she's like, no, I don't want a wheelchair. And I would say, well, you know, if we want to go somewhere like an amusement park or somewhere where you're going to walk a lot, like visiting Niagara Falls, you really need to think about getting a wheelchair. And so um, I got one for her. She wasn't really thrilled about it, but Kiwanis, they donate free wheelchairs to anybody who needs one, anyone with a mobility issue. Anyway, she has a wheelchair and she found out that when, you know, it's okay. You can, 
you can use the wheelchair if you need to. It shouldn't be embarrassing. Yeah. It, it feels like it can be, but it really shouldn't be. And this way she can participate in life. Yeah. And um, we also have a rolling um, walker that she can. I put my arms on it. Arms are I up can, high. And I can push it or sit down when I need to take breaks, like in my house. And that's in the house. And um, Whenever I need it, so. And we have a shower chair also. So in the beginning, she didn't want to use these things, but now she sees that it's making the quality of her life better. And she has a claw, too, so she does, can pick things up off the floor. Without reaching down. Yep. Well, this is what I admire about you guys, is that you're so focused on solutions. You don't spend a second feeling sorry for yourselves. You just are working nonstop to make things as good as they can be, and you don't stop laughing, and you don't stop smiling, and I think that's marvelous. What gives both of you the strength to deal with all of this? What helps you cope? Uh, I think that my dogs definitely help me cope <laughs> and my mom. She definitely is there for me, probably the most out of anyone. And she always wants <laughs> to be by my side and help me through anything that I'm going through and push to find any answer that we don't know yet. So, <laughs> And I don't want you to think we're this like, uh, you know, goody two-shoe type of... <laughs> I mean, we have our, our mother-daughter moments, Yes. but it, the thing is, is I want Emily to get back to a level where she can go to college. I will not rest until she's able to be independent and have the life that she wants to the best ability that she can. And we're learning new things all the time from you that we have this new cookbook here. Allergy and gluten-free cookbook. We've got lots of these. <laughs> We've, we're learning about water and drinking out of glass bottles, which flavors she likes, even though it's water. <laughs> Some of them taste different. Yeah, we're going to Whole Foods. You know, we're trying because she's, I mean, she's my daughter. I, we have five kids. I didn't I don't want to keep her here in a little box. I want her to go out and explore the world and and we'll find a way to get her back on track because she can't drive right now and I want her to drive. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she was at a very, very low point. It was a very low point when this happened with the dancing, mm -hmm. but she's found that she's good at a lot of other things too. Yeah. She's a you know good at arts and um, writing, and you can get better at it too when you have more time. Mm -hmm. So you can get she, better at and floor like you can do floor exercises. You can do Pilates, you yoga on the floor, right? Yeah, isometric exercise. I think it's very important to try to push yourself as much as you can, but not overdo it, which can be very hard because you don't. You, you learn your limits as you go, though so you learn when you need to say, okay, I can't do anymore, I need to stop. So. Mm -hmm. It seems like you guys have done a great job leaning into what you can do and not spending too much time dwelling on what you can't do.
nothing's off the table with us. We we look at everything and um, try to see what helps. And if it doesn't help, then we try something else. Yeah. We just keep going. And then the um, compression garments. Teenagers mm -hmm. love clothes. So. Yes. Make sure they're pretty. <laughs> so has anything at all positive come from all this? Have there been any silver linings at all? I do think that it's made my mom and I closer, like, during this. And I think that's a really good thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that I've learned that I've made some mistakes. When Emily was a baby, I pushed her. I learned about the Center for Higher Learning Potential, and it said if you want to increase your child's intelligence, have them do gymnastics, swimming, violin, piano, dance. I did all of those things. She did Montessori preschool. She did um, regular preschool. She went to school and danced all the time, played soccer. I almost call it kickball. But we did everything with her. And looking back on it now with this POTS journey, I really prevented her from having a childhood. And I think that it would have been better for me to say, you know what, Emily, go to the sleepover. You know, you can miss dance one day. If you want to be in the school play, do the school play and miss dance. It's okay. Instead, it was like, no, she has dance. She can't go here. She can't go there. We'd go away for a weekend, have to come back early because of dance. It was always mm -hmm. something with dance. Going an audition. A, an audition or a modeling thing or something. And she didn't really have a childhood. And she had a lot of pressure on her. And I don't know, being that she's a sensitive person, and if all of that just built up into this whole thing and the stress of the surgery just overflowed and caused this. I don't know, but it seems we have an, another um, doctor that's an immunologist, health scientist, pediatrician, allergist, everything all in one. <laughs> and she talks about cleaning products, ticks, everything that can come into a person's life that can affect your system. And I think that I had a role in overloading her and, and just encouraging what was already in her as a perfectionist. I was encouraging her to be the best that you can be. I, you can do it, Emily. You can do it. Pushing, pushing, and all that pushing. And now it's just, it was too hard on her system, I think. And I and I feel guilty about a lot of this, that some of this might be because I was always encouraging her to do more, which wasn't necessarily good. She did tell me I missed having um, a childhood. She did, and she did, and I allowed that to happen. But so when things get better, it's going to be more of a balanced life because she didn't have a balanced life before. Mm-hmm. So that's what's good about the POTS. We've learned that moderation is the key to life. <laughs> Everything in moderation, yeah. right? Yeah, well, that's so touching. 
And and I relate to that. And I feel like POTS taught me to be less of the kind of person that's always thinking about tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm working for the future and more of the person who says, no, right now is good. Enjoy right now. But speaking of right now, can we have a little fun? What is your favorite way to get salt? Water. Minimalist. I like it. Um, what is the drink that you find the most hydrating? Water. <laughs> How many doctors have you seen for POTS and related things? Eight. Three neurologists. I know that. Um, let's eight. see. One immunologist. Well, plus an analogist. But yeah, probably eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, eight traditional doctors. We, we want to add in the Ayurvedic doctor. Then we, yeah. Yeah. What is something small that brings you comfort or joy? My dog, Ace. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay. What's your second thing that's small and brings you comfort or joy? TikTok. Oh. Yeah, TikTok. She loves TikTok. <laughs> what is something that you're proud of? Mm, I don't even know. She's doing well in school. Yeah. School. Yeah. She's doing well because she's, Art. she's doing the online program and does it in the evening and it works out well for her. It's perfect. It really is. Yeah. Because I have 24 hours to do something and I can figure out if I want to do it early, middle of the day or late at night. So. Mm -hmm. What is a gift you would send to every POTS patient in the world if you had infinite funds? Compression leggings. What is something that you are grateful for? My mom. <laughs> I'm grateful for Emily. I am. And she's teaching me how to be better and advocate. Advocate. I became a board certified patient advocate this year <laughs> because of Emily. And I um, now I can help other people too. So it's good. Write letters. I write letters. <laughs> That's great. Okay, last speed round question. People might suspect you're a potsy when dot dot dot. You freeze when you're talking to someone while you're standing. I yeah. can recognize people now in this. I noticed this. The I can recognize people by the way that they walk, like in the grocery store, if I'm standing there and I can see them kind of walk like diagonal, like they're kind of like moving they don't walk a straight line. I can pick them out. Yeah, I have a skill now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny the skills you pick up in this lifestyle, huh? So I just have two more questions. What do you wish more people knew about POTS? I wish more people knew that it's not, it is a life-changing thing, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just have to adapt to everything that is coming your way and try to find the positivity in the things that you still do have and the people that you do have. And if there's someone in your life that isn't, like, standing by you and listening to you, then you need to find someone else that will. You guys, I think, are amazing at adapting. <laughs> so last question. Why did you agree to let us share your story today? I agree to this because I know that I've struggled with a lot of things that have been happening in my life and I'm sure there are other people, well, there are other people that are too and I want to help as many people as I can and talk to as many people as I can and learn their struggles and 
express my feelings and the struggles that I have been dealing with too. And I, um, I know Emily didn't talk about this and it will turn into a whole nother interview, but when she was trying to dance, some of the girls were saying, Oh, I feel faint. I can't dance and kind of bullying her. And I thought, what if somebody else is getting bullied for, they're trying to make fun of them that they're not really sick, sick or they don't believe you. They don't believe you, and that's why I thought she should do this because it, it it's happened to her. It's a real thing. I heard that myself. It was on a Zoom class, <laughs> and I'm a mom, and I, you know, you see how I am. <laughs> it's very hard because I I want to say something, but you have to let your children fight their own battles. So. It's very, very hard for me, but I didn't say anything to those children. That's why we did this, because this is my way now <laughs> that I can let other people know that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, you're not alone. Well, Emily and Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights. I know it means a lot to many people out there listening, and I know it's helping a lot of people. And there's probably some people wondering if you'd be willing to adopt them. So we really appreciate it. And hey, listeners, remember that this is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare team about what's right for you, because we're all so different. But thank you for tuning in. Remember, you're not alone. And please join us again soon. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, www.standinguptopots.org slash podcast. And I would add, if you have any ideas or topics you'd like to suggest, send them in. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots.